win. Great win, right? We got the first thing done. We got the first thing done, and that's getting this win, right? We did it together, and it took all four quarters, and it took every single money in this room, right? Next week, right, it's on, right? So we got to have our best week, our very best week of preparation that you've ever done in your life. Because like Garner said last week, this don't come around very often, and it's here. And we all got to be on our best. All we ask for is a chance. Yeah. And we got it. And we got it. Now what are we going to do with it, huh? Yeah. Hey, three on three. One, two, three. Win! That's a You're listening to the Colts Blue Zone Podcast with Mike Chappell and Dave Griffiths. That was Shane Steichen and Gardner Minshew in the locker room after the Colts beat the Las Vegas Raiders 23-20 at Lucas Oil Stadium. All they wanted was a chance. Now they've got one. And, it, and it's great as we enter week 18 of the NFL season. Uh, you can throw a lot of those uh, weird scenarios away. We no longer have to worry about, well, if Team A does this and Team B does this, then the Colts need to do that. It's very simple now. The Colts don't have to rely on anyone to get into the playoffs. They don't need any help to get into the playoffs. They control their future when it comes to the postseason, and it all will come down to a Week 18 matchup against the Houston Texans. That'll be at Lucas Oil Stadium. The kickoff will be 8-15 on Saturday night as the NFL kind of finally settled its schedule for Week 18. If you looked at the schedule for Week 18 for any of the teams, you saw TBDs by everybody's dates and times for that particular week because the NFL wants to wait until the last, uh, till the, the second to last week of the season, see where things shake out for, you know, the playoff race, see which games are going to be the most critical and the most crucial matchups so that the league can then make sure to put some of those big games, the ones that are going to, to determine whether a team gets in the playoffs into some, some of the national windows. And the Colts are the beneficiaries of that. They'll have uh, kind of their, their third primetime, well, not their third primetime game, but their third national game of the season. Uh, the first one was, of course, the, the game that they played against the Patriots in Germany. And then they did have a Saturday window game against the Pittsburgh Steelers a couple weeks ago that was a de facto national game. And now uh, audiences will get to see them, the national TV audience will get to see them for the third time uh, where they're the only game on at the time next week. But it is uh, reassuring that, 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 again, they don't need help. They don't need anyone to, to beat anybody else. They don't need to rely on some weird scenario involving a third, uh, a tie or something like that to get into the postseason, and that's because they took care of business. And then they, they did get some help yesterday, and uh, that, that's when the Cincinnati Bengals lost to the Kansas City Chiefs. That eliminated the Bengals from the playoffs because there, there was a scenario, and it, it was unlikely but also possible, there was a scenario in which the Colts and the Bengals were the only two teams left uh, with the same records in the AFC if that were to happen, Cincinnati, by virtue of beating the Colts a few weeks ago, would have had the tiebreaker over Indianapolis. And even if Indy won next week uh, against the Texans, then they would have been on the outside looking in when it came to the playoffs. So that, that scenario is no longer possible because the Kansas City Chiefs beat the Cincinnati Bengals 
and that means that the Colts uh, control everything here. They count. They stay at home next week, and they welcome the Houston Texans in. If they can beat the Texans on Saturday night, then the Colts are in the playoffs. It's very simple. If they lose, they go home. And the reason they go home is because uh, two of the other slots in the AFC playoff race are pretty much decided. Uh, if they lose, they have no shot at winning the, A the AFC South uh, because that would be the Jaguars or the Texans. And uh, by virtue of some tiebreakers and some other things within the division, the Colts would be done. They would be out. And they also have a chance at winning the division. And that comes uh, if Indianapolis, uh, I know these are, it's, it's a big if, capital I, capital F, but if Indianapolis beats the Texans next week and they're, they're in the playoffs, guaranteed a, at least a wild card spot. On Saturday, when the Jaguars play the Titans, if the Jaguars happen to lose that game, then the Colts move up to the fourth seed in the playoffs because they win the AFC South and they would host a playoff game. Uh, it's not the most likeliest of scenarios. Uh, Tennessee did not look very good this week in their game, but you, you never know. I mean, Jacksonville, yes, they won yesterday, but they played Carolina with their, you know, and they they had their backup quarterback in there because Trevor Lawrence has been uh, hurt with uh, with a shoulder injury. And uh, but you know, next week you, you never know if if you get it, you could get a break. And, uh, you know, the Colts did get some breaks yesterday against the Las Vegas Raiders. But we'll, we'll talk about the game real quick and look down at uh, or look at some of the numbers in this game. And it really just came down to, you know, the Colts. For, for a couple of minutes, I thought maybe we had a repeat of the Atlanta game. Because on the first drive, the Colts just looked great. They just uh, got that ball down the field. They scored uh, pretty easily it felt like on that first drive. Like they, they, they did a good job of scripting their plays. They got a big play to Josh Downs uh, on, on that drive from Gardner Minshew, a 50-yard connection between those two players. And it looked like Indy was rolling. And then, you know, the Raiders didn't this time at least respond with a touchdown like Atlanta did, but they responded with a field goal. And then the offense kind of went into a coma for a while. We just had some punts and – you know, you, you kind of feared that, you know, the defense, which was a little depleted, was maybe going to give up some plays and that maybe the Raiders take control of this thing. But they never let them do that. And then they got just another big play. And uh, earlier in the game, if, if you watch, Matt Ryan did the, the commentary for this one. Earlier in the game, uh, the Colts called a play in which Alec Pierce had gotten wide open down the field. But because of some pressure, uh, Gardner Minshew didn't really uh, see him or have the time to get the ball down there, and he kind of just threw the ball away to Mo Alley Cox on a, on a short pass because that's that's what that, that's what he could do there in that particular situation. Well, later in the game, with about four minutes left in the first half, uh, the Colts were facing a third and one, and they thought uh, they, they we'll hear about this a little bit in the post game, but they had discussed uh, and practiced against the Raiders uh, with the scout team that if they face a third and short and they got um, a certain look from the defense that they were going to try to hit Pierce uh, downfield on, on a big play. Well, they hit third and one. They got the look they were uh, hoping to get. And so, indeed, uh, they, they had a, a max protection, and Minshew fires the ball over to Alec Pierce. He's open, catches the ball, outruns the defense, goes to the end zone for a 58-yard touchdown, 
and that was a huge, huge moment in the game there for Indianapolis. Now, uh, you know, they had a 23-13 to lead there uh, toward the end of the game. They scored late, uh, a field goal with about three minutes left, and the Raiders did get downfield and score a touchdown with about 43 seconds left, but they used a lot of clock to get there, and, um, you know, they, they, they basically it came down to an onside kick, and the Raiders were, were unable to recover it. The Colts, the Colts got that ball. And they were able to to run out the clock, take a knee after that, and that was the end of the game. So, you, you know, uh, yes, the score was twenty three to to twenty there at the end, and the Raiders did have a chance, but really the Colts kept Las Vegas at arm's length throughout most of the game. So, uh, just an unusual game. If you look at the team stats, and you were to do a blind draw, uh, take away the the, the final score. You, you would think that probably the Raiders won this game. They had more first downs. They had more offensive yardage. Uh, they won time of possession. But, you know, it, it's, it's a, it can, stats can be misleading uh, because the Colts played a pretty, off, pretty efficient offensive game. Uh, they, they, they lived by the th- uh, throw to score points, run to win the game philosophy. And uh, in the second half, it was a little, you know, they, they didn't do a ton on offense, but they did just enough, and uh, they made some mistakes too. I, I mean, they really would have kept the Raiders at arm's length probably without a a, a, a um, roughing the kicker, an unsportsmanlike conduct roughing, or personal foul roughing the kicker against EJ Speed trying to block a punt and just kind of rolled right in, you know, just kind of took the punter out. And instead of a, a punt and a turnover, so the Colts would have gotten the ball back, um, that was a 15-yard penalty, kept a drive alive, and the Raiders ended up scoring from that. Now, by that same token, the Raiders killed themselves. Now, this had been a fairly disciplined Raiders team this year. They had not committed a lot of penalties, but they had a couple of situations where they faced a fourth and one near midfield or near the logo there or just past it, where they were going to go for it on fourth and one, and then they had a procedural penalty. And it turned into a fourth and six, you know. And instead of being going for it, then they, they had to punt. So the Colts got a couple of breaks there. On the final drive that the Colts had on offense, their their actual drive, not not their kneel down, obviously. They got a couple of breaks. They there was a pass interference that was called against Jack Jones pushing Michael Pittman out of bounds before he even had the chance to try to, to catch a ball. And that, that set up that last field goal. And then Indianapolis also missed the field goal. Matt Gay, again, man, lined up for a 50-yarder, and he pushed it right. But the referee said Jack Jones had lined up offsides on that particular play. So the Colts got another shot at it, and Matt Gay nailed the 45-yard field goal. That made it a 10-point game, and those points were crucial. Because if the Colts miss that one and the Raiders go down the field and score a touchdown, then it's a tie ball game. And it comes down to a final drive from the Colts. So, yes, they, they made some mistakes. Uh, defensively, they had some trouble. Uh, pretty decent pass rush, although they didn't have a ton of sacks, but they had some pressures. And it, it was it was just um, uh, Kenny Moore was a late scratch. He, en- he ended up on the practice report on Friday, and he was not able to play here, so... They didn't have him in there. They didn't have Julian Blackman in there either uh, because he was on IR after being injured in last week's game. 
And so, you know, they, they had a really young secondary out there and a personnel grouping that we don't necessarily see a lot. You had Nick Cross playing safety. You had Ronnie Harrison out there, Chris LeMond's out there as well. And uh, that's not usually what you see from the Colts out there. That's not usually the personnel grouping. But, you know, they, they, they played well enough. Like, yeah, they made some mistakes. Jalen Jones had a, what looked like a pick six, but they called it back on a pass interference because he was all over the receiver when that happened. And, uh, you know, so, yeah, they made some mistakes. Devontae Adams is always going to get you, and he got, the, the, he got the Colts pretty good this week. Um, but we, we've seen that, you know, in, in this season, is when a team has a very good veteran wide receiver, the secondary has a really hard time keeping that team down, keeping that receiver out of the game. That receiver makes plays. But, and, and we've seen it several times this year with top, top tier wide receivers, whether it's, you know, somebody like Calvin Ridley or DeAndre Hopkins. We've seen these guys kind of dominate this, this secondary a bit. But uh, the plus side of that is they didn't let, they didn't let anybody else, you know, catch fire and um, make many big plays. And, and they did a pretty good job against the running game. So, you know, all in all, you've got to be very happy with the effort rebounding from a, a very subpar game against the Atlanta Falcons. And you, it's st- that loss still hurts from last week. We're not here to relitigate that one because I'm not here to relitigate that one because uh, the Colts won this week and they're looking ahead at the playoffs if they can get one more W. But man, if they could have won that game last week against Atlanta, they'd be in charge of the division right now. And a win would get them into the playoffs and clinch the division next week. Instead, on the division side, they're going to need some help. And I'm not sure they're going to get it from a Tennessee Titans team that's had a very disappointing season and is reeling right now. But credit to the AFC South. Uh, One of the worst divisions in football, probably the worst division in football last season, and you've got the possibility now only two of these teams, you know, can get in, but three teams are fighting for a playoff spot. You've got the Texans, of course, and the Colts and the Jaguars all there in the playoff mix. Jaguars are in the best position because they win one more game. They win the AFC South. They host a home game. But if they were to lose that one, then whoever wins next week between the Colts and the Texans, wins the division and hosts a home playoff game. And I don't think anyone saw that coming. I mean, when, when the Colts beat the Texans in week two and CJ Stroud had a pretty good game, he threw for 380 yards or whatever it was, you know, you thought, well, at least the, the Texans have got themselves a quarterback, but that's a team that's bad enough that the Colts with a rookie quarterback and Gardner Minshew filling in after Anthony Richardson left that game you know, we're able to, able to beat them. So, yeah, it, it's good they got their quarterback, but they're not going to be a very good team. And they've rattled off some very impressive wins, this Texans team has. And, uh, you know, part of my concern about next week, and we'll really get into this later in the week when Mike Chappell and Dave Griffiths join me for our game preview podcast, you know, my biggest concern is the Colts really haven't played any good quarterbacks in several weeks. It's been a festival of backup quarterbacks and, and mediocre guys. And, I mean, Taylor Heineke tore him up last week against Atlanta, although a lot of that was the running game as well. But they're going to face C.J. Stroud next this next game, and that's going to be a tough one because that guy is really, 
really good. And it's it's the best quarterback by far the Colts have seen in a while. But, again, we'll get to that later in the week. Let's hear now from Colts head coach Shane Steichen. All right, uh, no injuries to report. Um, good win, obviously. Anytime you win in this league, uh, it's good. And uh, we got to get ready to go on to Houston now. So, whatever you are. Uh, just your thoughts on just putting yourself in this position and just – you know, how it's a reflection of all the work you've kind of put in, I guess. Yeah, I think it's the ultimate team game. And uh, to have a chance, um, obviously, with one game left, winning in um, is huge. So it's a credit to the players, credit to the coaches. And uh, we got to be at our very, very, very best come this week. You, you, you've been trying, but you got back to the run game, maybe really when it really mattered. Is that the way you want to – that's kind of your blueprint? Yeah, a little bit. Obviously, you know, when you're popping some runs there, keep running it if it's working, right? And we JT popped a few big ones there. And, shoot, when you're going for one, two yards, it's hard to call runs sometimes. But when you're popping for four, five, six, seven, ten, um, obviously it's it's good to run it. How big was it to have Braden Smith back in the running game? It's huge. Uh, to get a player back like that uh, with his presence out there and his physicality uh, is big. So i uh, got to look at the tape, but I thought he did a good job today. Really good. It was huge. Uh, third down scramble there uh, by Gardner, um, and then him wheeling back out of that thing uh, was huge to go down there and get seven points. Six play drive, I believe, uh, was huge. And the next drive we scored on, I think it was six play, and then to hit, you know, Alec there on that third and one uh, for the big one was huge. Really young defense. How proud are you what they were able to do in this game? Say that again. Really young defense, especially the secondary. Yeah. How proud are you with how these guys came Yeah, in? no, shoot. Jones and Juju on the corners, I love those guys. I think they're going to have a hell of a future in this league. And uh, they play physical. They play hard. It means something to them. Obviously, Nick Cross back there is doing a heck of a job. Um, it was a good all-around victory, obviously, uh, for everybody. What do you think of Rodney Harrison stepping into a different position another week and what he was able to give you guys? Yeah, no, it was great to see that. Um, you know, playing linebacker and then playing on the back end, too, as well. That's where he really played a lot in college. Um, and been in that position, obviously, in the NFL, too, as well. So it was great to see him, you know, switch that role a little bit. And uh, credit to Milo and those guys getting him ready. We're going to have to get back today. Um, Arlen, two of his biggest players were the fumble recovery and then the defensive pass interference. So like, what was it like just having him in there and helping you get those margins to, to win? Yeah, no, it's huge to have a player back like that. Anytime you got a, a really, really good player like Pitt uh, back out there, uh, it's huge, and uh, obviously you can tell just his presence being out there helps our football team. What did you see on the, the deep ball to Alec that led that play to be successful? Um, they're in a zero look, no deep safeties, and uh, something we saw on tape that, shoot, if it was zero like that, we got a chance to run over top, we got to max it up, and uh, we got the look, and shoot, Gardner made a heck of a play stepping into that throw, uh, and then just leading Alec across the field. You know, no one was over there, and you know, catching it in stride to go score was huge. Is that the play call or a check? Uh, we called it that way, depending on obviously who we're going to throw it to off the uh, coverage. Zero. Yeah, there's certain looks. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to get into that, but yeah. Yeah. Kind of getting back into the run game, you kind of talked about guys like JT and Trey Sermon popping off those big ones, especially in the fourth quarter. Just how big were those, especially when it felt like the Raiders were trying to get back into the game? Yeah, no, it was huge. Credit to the guys up front, you know, leading the charge, um, creating those holes for them. And I know we got some stuff on the perimeter today, or the one that Trey hit around, you know, the edge there was huge. Uh, to get those runs, pop those runs, uh, it's good. And then the guys feed off that stuff. The offensive line feeds off it, tight ends feed off it, running backs feed off, sidelines feed off it. Uh, it's good momentum when you're popping runs like that. Shane, I'm not sure if we know all the scenarios yet, but just how, how eager are you to kind of learn about your team and possibly like winner take all situations? It's a great question. I think we're going to find out a lot about ourselves. Obviously, we found out a lot about ourselves throughout this season. Um, but tomorrow, we know that we got to win. Or, uh, you know, next week, we got to win. So. 
Uh, our focus is strictly on Houston now. We're moving on to them. What do you think it is about this team that's able to bounce back from Cincinnati game, Falcons game, the way that they have those two games? Yeah, I think it's resilience, right? Shoot, in this league, sometimes you get beaten. You don't want to get beat like we did in Cincinnati. You don't want to get beat like we did in Atlanta. How are we going to respond to it? And uh, we can't let that happen week in and week out. you got to bounce back. And our guys have done a heck of a job bouncing back uh, the last two times that's happened to us. And obviously, we got a great opportunity at home again uh, against Houston. Couple more. Any time to enjoy this win? I get the sense that you're already literally on to Houston. Yeah, in your head. No zero, zero time to enjoy this one. Is that normal for you, or is this week different because of what's at stake? It's pretty normal. I mean, I might enjoy it for an hour or so, but that's about it. When, when you were putting things together, did you, did you, uh, did you envision this when you, when you took the job? Yeah, I think. It's a win and end situation, but it's a playoffs on the line. Yeah, I think in this league, every year is a new year, whether you're on one team or another team, right? You put in the work in the offseason, you put in the work in training camp, and then you got to go out and execute on Sunday. And everyone's got to have belief in that locker room. Uh, they're all together doing this thing because it ain't about one man, it's about everybody. And I think when you got that belief in this league, whatever team it is, you give everything you got, you're going to have a chance to win every Sunday. And that's what these guys have been doing. So. Coach Pippen is now in the conversation with Marvin Harrison, Reggie Wayne, and Dallas Clark with 100 catches and 1,000 yards. What makes him so elite to be in that category? Yeah, I mean, I've said this a few times uh, in my press conferences, you know, during the week. Um, just his preparation, the way he works. Um, obviously, he's got a huge catch radius. He makes plays when the balls are thrown to him, and uh, it's just a pleasure to have him on this football team. Those were the post-game comments from Colts head coach Shane Steichen after Indianapolis beat the Las Vegas Raiders 23-20 at Lucas Oil Stadium on Sunday. Let's take a quick look at some of the numbers for the Colts. Gardner Minshew, 15 for 23 for 224 yards. He had a touchdown, sacked only once. And uh, that's a credit to the offensive line there and having a good protection plan because uh, they did a pretty good job. Yes, you know, Max Crosby's going to have some pressures. He had a big run stop a couple of times, but they were able, for the most part, to contain him, and it was good to have Braden Smith back there. And really, for Gardner, he took care of the ball and uh, no turnovers uh, for him this, this week and has had a quarterback rating of 111 for him. On the rushing shot side, Jonathan Taylor, 21 carries, 96 yards. Touchdown on that first drive. He had a long run of 15 yards, 4.6 average there, which is the key for me. And it really felt like, you know, Jonathan Taylor last week when he ran up the middle, he was getting stuffed immediately. Uh, this week, whether they're running left or running right or up the middle, he was usually able to get free for a couple of yards, break a couple of tackles, and turn most of these runs into gains. So, it was a nice uh, nice bounce-back game from him and the offensive line, which was a disappointment last week. Trey Sermon, five carries for 32. Uh, really the big run there. He had a 27-yard run uh, toward the end of the game. Uh, really keyed on uh, Quentin Nelson getting out there out in front and then Michael Pittman making a huge block from, from the wide receiver position to really open that one up. We did see Tyler Goodson with a run for three yards, uh, kind of spelling those two other backs, then Gardner Minshew with a couple runs for three yards there for uh, the Colts to pace the running game. Uh, in the passing game, as far as receivers go, Alec Pierce, uh, yardage-wise, was your leading receiver. Uh, just the one catch uh, for 58 yards, but uh, that was his only target of the day. It was his only catch, uh, but it was also their biggest play of the game, 58 yards, and it led to a score. So you can't really argue with that. Josh Downs, couple of catches, 53 yards uh, on two targets. 
And again, he had a big catch on their opening drive, and that's uh, pretty much what they got from Downs. Uh, Michael Pittman, five catches, 46 yards, seven targets for him, uh, 9.2 yards for reception, long of 20. Uh, did not get in the end zone, but man, uh, the numbers may not pop off the page there, but if you saw what happened with the Colts and their offense against the Falcons last week without having Pittman there, kind of a last-second scratch, uh, they found out the day before on Saturday that he was back in concussion protocol, just wasn't quite right and could not play. That offense really missed Michael Pittman Jr. last week. Uh, he made some some big plays in this game. Um I think he had a fourth down catch, if I'm, I'm remembering correctly. He drew a pass interference uh, flag on, on a critical drive that led to some points there at the end of the game. He had that block on the Trey Sermon run that I mentioned. And then also earlier in the game, uh, Jonathan Taylor took the ball. It wasn't quite a clean exchange and had the ball batted away from him. Uh, you know, he fumbled the ball, basically. I think it was Max Crosby. And uh, Pittman was there and recovered the football. So... Uh, having Michael Pittman back in this football game and playing back in the lineup for the Colts was was huge for Indianapolis, even if the numbers don't necessarily pop off the page there for you. Will Mallory, one catch for 19 yards. Uh, that was his only target of the game. Mo Alley-Cox, two catches for 18. Uh, long of 14, he had three targets on the day, and Mo dropped one that would have been uh, I don't think it would have, it wouldn't have been a touchdown, but it would have been a first down play in, in a critical situation. Was not able to to reel one in. Kylan Granson one catch for 13 yards. That was his uh, long of the day. Obviously on three targets. Trey Sermon with a couple of catches for nine yards on a couple of targets, and then Jonathan Taylor caught a pass for eight yards, and that was his only target of the day. But again, uh, pretty efficient day for Gardner Minshew. 15 of 23, 224 yards. Uh, 9.7 average, which is quite high for what we've seen from Gardner this year. Uh, that tends to be a little more in the 6.5 to 7-yard range. But, again, he hit on a couple of big plays this weekend. And when you can get that, when you can hit those big plays and get a little bit of a running game to go along with that, that makes this Colts team very, very dangerous. Now, let's... Um, you know, keep that in mind with, with Garner. Uh, again, no fumbles, no interceptions. The Colts did not have a turnover, although alarmingly, on the defensive side of things, they didn't force a turnover either. And that's after a 19-game streak of forcing a takeaway, the Colts' defense now doesn't have a takeaway in two straight games. So that, that's kind of an aberration there. But uh, generally speaking, uh, they, they played pretty well in this game. Let's hear from quarterback Gardner Minshew. Can you, uh, can you take us through the shot, that shot play to Pierce? Yeah, um, we kind of knew they had a certain look in their third and shorts where we'd have an opportunity to get a shot up. Um, and, man, Shane made the call, put a lot of trust in us uh, in a big spot. AP comes up big. Um, man, that was awesome, and it was huge at the time. Uh, we really needed it. What do you guys think back to August in Grand Park? And now you're here one game away, really, from winning in. Did you think that was possible, or, or were you just going to wait to see how the league season went? No, absolutely, man. Um, I think that's the one thing in this league. Everybody's got a chance. You know, I think there's a lot of parity. Um, and, man, I think, you know, even when, you know, we were struggling a little bit there, three and five, I think everybody pulled together instead of going apart. And, um, man, we were able to get us in this position. So I think everybody's fired up for the opportunity and, um, you know, ready to go next week. How big was Brayton today just getting him back and like, everything, run game, pass game? Yeah, no, he's huge, man. We've, um, 
definitely happy to have him out there. He's a really good player. I mean, but like you said, in the run and the pass, uh, entire offensive line today did a great job running the ball, protecting as a group against a really good front. Um, so, I mean, that was awesome. What showed up today that wasn't there last week? Oh, man. Um, I don't know. We were able to hit a couple explosives, you know. Uh, I think that really helped. Uh, touchdown AP was big. We ran the ball well, protected really well. Um, I think we were able to just kind of stay on schedule a little bit more. Um, and I think when we do that, we're, um, you know, pretty good as an offense. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you can't uh, can't overstate how much he means to you know our offense, and uh, we do a lot of our passing game through him. And uh, man, it's awesome to have him have him out there. Um, yeah, it helps a ton. In, in general, the Raiders had a defense that was not allowing a lot of touchdowns recently. So, I mean, you come out, and you get a touchdown your first drive. What do you think that did? And I know it wasn't easy all day long, but what do you think it did for you guys on that first drive to go out and score immediately? Yeah, it was huge. I think it was a lot of confidence coming off of that first drive, you know. Um, I think we got to capitalize on that a little better. Um, but, you know, I think the challenge today, we knew we were going to have to take care of the ball. They, they do a really great job at that, did that, protected well, ran the ball, uh, really executed our game plan to a T. Um, so, I mean, that felt good. You didn't mince words after the loss last week. How did you see your team respond to what you told them? Uh, I don't know if they responded to what I said at all, you know, but they responded. You know, we had some adversity and everybody came back. And, um, man, I thought the practice this week was there, uh, how we stepped out there with energy and um, a lot of effort, man. Um, couldn't be proud of this group. And I think everybody's fired up for what we have in front of us. After everything this team has been through, how big was this win today? Oh, it was huge. We all understand how much we needed it, you know, the realistic uh, ramifications if we lost, you know. Um, it's just been, I mean, kind of like, like since the bye week, it's been, hey, we just got to win one at a time and we'll, we'll get there, you know, eventually. And uh, we're here now, so it's time to go do it. What's allowed you to be, I guess, better than you were in the first half of the year? What's changed? Yeah, um, I don't know. I think uh, we're playing complimentary ball a little bit better. Uh, I think some of those early games, you know, offense play well, defense struggle, vice versa, special teams here there. Uh, like today, we needed all four phases, all four quarters to win that game. And uh, I think that was really big for us. And that was quarterback Gardner Minshew reacting to the team's 23-20 win over the Las Vegas Raiders, a win that sets the Colts up for the postseason if they can find one more win. Let's take a look at some of our defensive stats here. Leading tackler was EJ Speed with 12, Zaire Franklin with 10. Zaire Franklin has now eclipsed his own record set last year in uh, total tackles, and he now owns a, 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 a new version of that record this year. He finished with 10 tackles. Nick Cross with nine in uh, his start. And then Juju Brents, Ronnie Harrison Jr., Juju with six, Ronnie Harrison Jr. with five tackles for the Colts. As far as sacks go, DeForest Buckner had one, and Tyquan Lewis had one, and that's about all that the Colts had as far as sacks go, but, uh, you know, the, the pass rush was mostly there for Indy this week. It was not perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but I felt like they were getting consistent pressure. It just wasn't necessarily getting home. And I, I think the most frustrating thing about the defense is sometimes that that pass rush does not get home, but we saw early in the game a couple of times, Gus Bradley tried to get a little aggressive, and that's fine, I think. 
um, and, and brought some extra pressure on Aiden O'Connell, who's a rookie quarterback and, and hasn't started a ton of games. And, you know, you, you feel like you can try to take advantage of that a little bit. They brought some pressure. They brought some five-man pressure, some six-man pressures. And O'Connell was pretty good with those. Like, he found guys when they were open. And by virtue, the, the Colts gave up some some big, like, I think there was a third and 14. Uh, there was a, a long fourth down conversion that they gave up. And that that's where it gets really frustrating is because that – you know, they, they, they get the other team in some bad uh, down and distance situations, but they're unable to close the door. And we had that happen a couple times to the Colts this week. And, and unfortunately, it's something we've seen all season where they, they get the team into, you know, a third and 16 or a third and 19 or something like that. And then the pass rush isn't quite able to, to, to get home. And then in some of those situations, they'll bring an extra guy. And then you have one less guy covering receivers in the secondary and sometimes that leads to, you know, a guy being able to get open. You know, it, it's it's frustrating. It's like, what do you do? What do you do in those situations? There's just not a whole lot that, you know, you're capable of doing there. But, you know, like I said, they, they, got, they got some breaks. Uh, they had a couple of penalties that went their way. Uh, they made their share of mistakes, too. I mean, the... You wonder what the final score would have looked like if Indianapolis and uh, EJ Speed hadn't had that roughing the kicker, or roughing the punter uh, penalty, because then Indianapolis would have gotten the ball back. Maybe they go down, maybe they score a field goal, or maybe, maybe they don't. Maybe nothing comes of that. But the fact is they gave the ball right back to the Raiders because of the penalty, and then the Raiders went down and scored off that. So... You know, but I can't really, I really can't complain too much. I mean, the Colts are nine and nine and seven. This is a team that was four twelve and one last year. After Jeff Saturday took over, they beat the Raiders last season. Then they proceeded to lose the rest of their games the the remainder of the year in an embarrassing fashion. Think about that game against the Dallas Cowboys. Think about what happened against the Minnesota Vikings, where they blew that huge lead that they had at halftime, and you know, allowed an NFL record comeback. So we're in a better place as fans. We're in a better place, and the franchise is, is in a much better place than it was a year ago. And that, I think, a lot of credit goes to Shane Steichen for this. Uh, the guy is all ball, as they like to say, and he has had a tremendous impact on this team. And I really can't say enough about it. They, they have done... They've faced a lot of, of adversity this year. They've lost their starting quarterback, and the key this year was getting him experience. Well, he's not able to get experience because of the shoulder injury. They've had suspensions, Isaiah Rogers, and then, you know, in recent weeks, uh, Tony Brown and Isaiah McKenzie. They've had to make up for that. They had Grover Stewart, uh, a key part of that defense in the middle, especially, uh, missed six games because of a suspension. But this team has held together, and I think that's a credit to Shane Steichen and his coaching staff. And they've had a nice year, and I hope it goes beyond just having a nice year because if you have the chance to make the playoffs, you've got to get in and capitalize on that. And, you know, they're going to have the chance to do it on the national stage next week, Saturday night, 8-15, Lucas Oil Stadium. And that game is going to be huge for the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, for a lot of reasons, and you, you don't want to get there and just 
come close and not make it. It, it wouldn't make this season a failure. I'm not saying that. Uh, it's not going to make the season a failure if, they, if they're not able to, to beat the Texans next week because they, they've gotten a lot of experience and we've seen a lot of good things from a relatively young team with a quarterback who is not the most dynamic in the world, but he's getting the job done more often than he's not. And so there have been a lot of good things. But boy, if you can go 4-12-1, and one, turn around, go 10-7 and seven the next year, get into the playoffs with this team, you never know what can happen all likelihood if they beat the Texans next week then they lose their first round playoff game but you don't know that they will and the Colts have been able to keep most games close enough that it comes down to a big play or a big defensive turnover and so that's what you have to hope for can happen next week but it's too it's premature to talk about what their playoff matchup is going to be because first of all they've got to take care of business against the Texans We'll have roster news and notes, any injury notes and any of that uh, during this later edition of the Colts Blue Zone podcast on Thursdays when we usually record that. Uh, we may do Wednesday this week. It depends on what the Colts practice schedule is looking like. And uh, Dave Griffiths and Mike Chappell will join me. But for now, this has been the Colts Blue Zone podcast. I'm Matt Adams. Thank you for listening. Thank you.